Air now has two premier cannabis dispensaries in the greater Boston area. Airback Bay is conveniently located in the heart of Boston at 827 Boylston Street across from the Prudential Center, serving adult-use customers. Or check out Air Watertown, located near Watertown Square at 48 North Beacon Street, serving medical patients and adult-use customers. Our team is eager to help you choose from a wide assortment of premium cannabis products. Join us in the air, spelled A-Y-R, in Back Bay, Watertown, or online. Please consume responsibly. This product may cause impairment and may be habit forming. There may be health risks associated with consumption of this product. This product has not been analyzed or approved by the Food and Drug Administration. There is limited information on the side effects of using this product, and there may be associated health risks. Marijuana use during pregnancy and breastfeeding may pose potential harms. It is against the law to drive or operate machinery when under the influence of this product. Keep this product away from children. There may be health risks associated with consumption of this product. Marijuana can impair concentration, coordination, and judgment. The impairment effects of edible marijuana may be delayed by two hours or more. In case of accidental ingestion, contact Poison Control Hotline at 1-800-222-1222 or 911. This product may be illegal outside of Massachusetts. Massachusetts State License Number MR283946, MR283886, Watertown Medical License Number RMD325. B-Pod Studios. The dynamic duo. Don't feed me crap. Of Boston Sports Radio. Yeah, get it right, stupid. Filger and Matt. Presented by DraftKings Sportsbook on 98.5 The Sports Hub. Hour number two, Big Boy Tuesday, Greg Bedard of the Boston Sports Journal in our Tom Tire Studios. We are, of course, brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook, both on 98.5 The Sports Hub and the simulcast on NBC Sports Boston. Uh, give me a couple thoughts, more thoughts here from the game and game thoughts. Just finish up Mac Jones and that conversation. How do you think he played before? I know this is like, you know, not the whole story, but again, uh, before he started throwing interceptions, how was he? I thought he was great. I really did, and um, you know, it, he he had a total bounce back game, in my opinion. And and even you know, we talked last week about you know um, completion percentage above expectation, where he had one of the lowest marks in his career the week before against the Steelers, meaning that he left plays out on the field. Well, in this game, he made a lot more plays than the Patriots coaches dialed it up. Like his his expected completion percentage was fifty eight point five. For the game, that's the the second lowest mark of his career. Meaning, like, not much was schemed up for him. That he had to do a lot of it on his own. His his actual completion percentage was sixty eight point seven percent. I see. So the, the, he was a plus ten point two, which was I think the second best mark in week in week three mm-hmm. in the NFL. And so it just showed you that Mac was doing a lot of this on his own. You know, a lot of it was one on one shot plays down the field. That's where a lot of their production came from and he he made a lot of good plays he made some sensational plays with his feet um you know that 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 play that he pulled out what was that a fourth down play where he ran oh, around so I that play he, was shut down three times the ravens had completely covered and mac had to make that play that i thought was a great he, play yeah i thought he competed his ass off with the amount of running that he did it looked like the playoff game against the bills like he was he was geared up he was really good and then you know some things happened after that so uh you know <laughs> Just a note on the expected stats. I love these in all sports. Yeah, you no, know, no, me like too. Franchi Cadero's expected batting average yeah. you know, is why he's here. And what are our expected ratings? Yeah, no, yeah. The and the Bruins always have these great expected goal numbers. Yeah, of course. Yep. Yeah, right. They can't score. Like I, I expect them to score every night. They can't. You know my my expected performance level in the sack was extremely high. Uh, but you know 
It's like so the his expected completion percent. I, but I'm going to allow it because it you know proves an agenda. So you yep. know, as we like to say, fits my agenda. If it fits our agenda, we go with those advanced stats. If they don't, stats are for losers. We allow it. Okay. How about? Uh, so you you had I'm sorry I'm just reading from your notes then. Uh, Jones played great in this game. Eleven plus two minus plays until the L.J. Humphrey throw behind. You're talking about the end zone interception there or the no, interception over the middle? One, yeah, there was an, oh, there was oh, an incompletion on the sideline. I'm sorry, the Lil Jordan. That's what yep. you meant. Not not the defensive back. The, yes, the the one attempt to Humphrey with the back shoulder was oh, that was a close. garbage play. But the back shoulder to Devontae Parker is one of the best balls I've ever seen him throw. Greg, mm-hmm. well, I thought it was one of the best balls he's had. I mean, that was like a big boy. That's a Josh Allen, uh, mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers kind of hookup there with Devontae Parker. I know that's what they've been going for. I still don't know if that's his game, but what a great ball that, that is, or that was. Ah, now on little Jordan Humphrey, even being in the game in the first place. What are your thoughts on this? Okay, I, I'm done with this. I'm done. I'm done watching it. It's, it's ridiculous. This is what you get when you have a bunch of defensive coaches in charge of offense. Where these guys, these are the same guys who brought you Jelani Tavai, John Simon, Shea McClellan, Akeem Ayers. These guys who, who play this little bitty role that they think and some of the fans buy into that that's the reason why they win games. And, you know, it, Bill talked about it, about, he, you know, when he's 11 personnel. And I know why they do it. I told you why they did it against the Steelers. In 11 personnel... Little Jordan Humphrey is a wide receiver, so they put a defensive back on, and that gives them a size advantage in the running game. You know, if it was just a tight end, they'd have a linebacker on the field. It wouldn't be such an advantage. So they're they're going at these little margins, and they might be winning battles, but they are losing the war. They don't see the big picture. That this is this is not nineteen eighty nine anymore. These games are not going to end up in the teens and the 20s usually. They're going to end up in the 30s. And they are taking playmakers off the field, the chance at a big play to make three- and four-yard gains where it's it's over. That NFL is gone. And, like, this L.J. Humphrey thing is just – it's preposterous. And anybody who, who gets on there or shows you on Twitter and shows you film and this is why they play him, it's freaking ridiculous so your point is just to clarify when you say take playmakers off the field he's out there instead of kendrick Bourne. yes i mean it is just ridiculous if anybody's trying to explain this and say oh yeah look at what they're doing yeah the one and two they're 25th in the league in scoring this is what you get and if you had a look if you had a no doubt shut them down defense absolutely play this way then the games are played in the margins you got to make bigger plays. You got to put up more points. And little Jordan Humphrey is not going to help you do that. Of course, now he's going to catch a 50, 50 yard bomb <laughs> against the Packers, and I'm going to hear it. And Matt Patricia is going to flick me off in the Packers <laughs> coat, uh, press box. But it's ridiculous. And this is how the Patriot, this is how Matt Patricia and Bill Belichick think. It goes back to your whole thing about the quarterback, how it's the system, and it's not the quarterback. Like these guys, this is Matt Patricia who goes to Detroit and in his first team meeting says, you guys suck. I have six Super Bowl titles. I'm going to show you how it's done. It's the same guy who goes to the podium and he's criticized about how they can't close it out at the end of games. And he's like, I'm pretty sure I have one of the biggest plays in Super Bowl history. Like they think it's them. They think these little plays in the margin is going to be the, the, the difference between winning and losing games. And yet... They forget that that only worked when Tom Brady was here. 
to make up for all that stuff, to find the, the, the mismatch, you know, even though you're saddled with crappy talent that Brady could make up for it. Those days are over. You can't live in the margins anymore. Craig, just because I heard someone else mention this, that, that mismatch thing with little Jordan Humphrey, did Baltimore play it the same way Pittsburgh did, or did they change it up? And maybe you didn't even examine that. I didn't even examine it because it was so ridiculous to watch on film. Like they're just out they're they're playing, you know, you already have a pocket quarterback. So now it's 10 versus 11. Then you're putting a slow ass wide receiver who only blocks, who only gets one pass thrown at him. So now it's nine against 11. And you wonder why Mac Jones can't find anybody open and is forcing a ball in the red zone. It's crazy. The coaches do think they're the stars. So you don't expect this to change then. Hell no. (laughs) I'm just so sick of this crap. (laughs) I got to get one of those big boy dolls that's like a stress doll where his eyes pop yeah. out of his head. <laughs> <laughs> the big boy Run the ball, ball. Run real play action. Stop with the stretch stuff. Put real wide receivers on the field. Use your tight ends that you're paying like $800 million. Stop putting a $500,000 receiver on the field to block. It's a joke. You said the offense in this game was a mirage against a bad defense. A few big plays. Discuss. Oh, the, the Ravens are garbage on defense. You know what? I agree. Their defense blows. Their secondary stinks. It does. Their defense and their coordinator's blows. like you know, it's like Mac Jones. It's some young kid who have he's way and way over his head. The Patriots, a real Patriots team, would have exposed John Harbaugh and his decision to fire Wink Martindale, who was a real defensive coordinator. But the Patriots couldn't get it done because they can't get their act together on offense. Patricia got owned in this game by a 35 year old DC whose defense sucks. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> You also write, did the defense look faster, question mark? Did nope. the defense look faster? Nope. Discuss. I mean, they were missing Duggar, but, uh, which obviously impacts things. But, you know, did Jawan Bentley make you really make a play in this game? Nope. You had him on the downs. Um, sucked. Mac Wilson was, you know, spinning around like a top. Devin McCourty looked old in this game. Um, they did not look a whole lot better in this game. And this was supposed to be one of those games. I almost had McCourty on my down. I came this close because on that touchdown in the end zone, I know he was there. It just looks bad when someone plucks it off the back of your head. Okay. Uh, We just went through Greg's list. Now we'll go through 10 questions with the big boy. After we take a breath right after these words. I'm just sort of painting a picture. Um, I love the guy. Take him in the back room. Um, The sports lab. You want the answer? You've got to ask the question. You have an opinion based on if you had to go with your gut, what, which way it would go. Uh, Sometimes you have to ask it over and over and over again. Why, 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 why? This is 10 Questions with Greg Bedard and Felger and Mass on 98.5 The Sports Hub. All right. 10 questions around the league and here in New England. 10 minutes to get to it, so we need buzzer options to stay on time. What are they, Jimmy? I wouldn't sleep on Brian Hoyer. Oh, love it. We're going to double down with that one, big boy, this week. You get the same out of Brian Hoyer as you would Cam Newton, roughly speaking. Ooh. Well, Well, he ended up being right. Unfortunately, yeah, yeah, I guess it is. Yeah, huh? Next. I think they're going to be just fine with Brian Hoyer. Okay, yes. Let's bring them all out. Go ahead. Even though this... The statute of limitations has run out. Just go ahead. Get it out of your system, Stu. When I saw Hoyer come in the game, I went, oh, my God. (laughs) Go. 15.9. Quarterback rating of 15.9 for Brian Hoyer. (laughs) 15.9. 
Nine. All right. That was swayed by just a couple plays, though. Otherwise, he was fine. Go ahead. You two are the Brian Hoyers of sports radio. <laughs> Not bad. Not bad. This is the only non-Brian Hoyer buzzer, and it's um, about Aaron Rodgers. Thank you. The guy's a great player. He can do everything that a quarterback needs to do. He has such presence in the pocket. But, God, he's a hard guy to get. He's just so good. So breathy. Uh, seriously, yeah. though. He's just so good. That's borderline <laughs> pornographic. Again, that was really more about Bill trying to Stick a finger down Brady's throat than He's anything just else. so good. But either way, hit it, Jimmy. I wouldn't sleep on Brian Hoyer. Number 10, scoring is down across the NFL. In fact, teams are averaging 21 points a game, 21.0 points a game. That's the lowest mark since 06. Why? I chalk it up to the coaches not being able to deal with the – they don't know how to deal with the shortened preseason and also the 17 games. I don't think people are getting enough work anymore in, in training camp and the joint practices. And I, I just don't think they're ready anymore for the start of the season. It takes four or five games to get into it. I don't think that's it. I think the defenses are getting faster and smarter, particularly in the pass rush. I think you're seeing a lot of teams load up on pass rushers and they're getting after the quarterback and it's completely disrupting offenses. That's where I think it's coming from. I'm with Greg on this. I think it's lack of real reps for starters in the shortened preseason and training camp. You read anything about the Raiders woes? It's because like they didn't play anyone in the preseason, so there was no real reps for Carr and Devontae Adams, and they haven't really got together in these first three games. I've read some stats about the teams are playing more teams are playing two deep safeties than ever before. It's been around forever, that defense, but they're really sort of committing to it, taking away some big... I don't know if that's it. I tend to think it's more about there's no training camp hardly anymore or preseason. I'm going to lean on that side of it. Uh, but either way, scoring is down. Next. When I saw Hoyer come in the game, I went, oh, my God. Number nine, did everyone overrate the AFC West, or are we just looking at some slow starts? I think slow starts. I mean, the Chargers, I'm big question about the head coach. Like, I still don't know whether he's any good and, and how he factors in all this. The Raiders... Look, they haven't made the key plays, but a couple plays here and there, or one play in each game, they're three and zero. And you know the the Broncos, who are a train wreck, are two and one. They should be zero and three. I just think it's it's a weird start to the season. Well, for me, it's a little bit both. I thought the Raiders were going to be good, but so I I totally whiffed. I and I overrated the coach of the Chargers. He's a jackass. <laughs> Overrate in this room alone. The Chiefs are going to be fine, but in this room alone, Maz, like you said, you overrated the Raiders, who stink. Mike, you overrated Denver, whose offense sucks. And I overrated the Chargers, who are always just going to be the Chargers and trip over themselves. Yep. So I think we've overrated it. Next. I think they're going to be just fine with Brian Hoyer. Whoops. Number eight. Uh, oh, did I did I replace this or not? What do you have there for number eight, Vinny? Put it up. Did I write my wrong one down? Oh, I guess I did. Will Brady and the Bucks contend for a title this year, given all the crap that's surrounding them and the way that they look right now? His personal situation, the state of the team, will they still contend? They'll be fine. The defense is legit, and he'll get his receivers back and everything. They'll be fine. Hell yes, they'll contend 100%. Nope, I've seen this movie before. It's 2019 <laughs> for him. No, it's, he's miserable, doesn't want to be there, surrounded by either losers or injury-riddled olds at wide receiver, and the old line blows. No. So uh, there were more... The, the, it wasn't as bad. They had six points until the last drive of the game, but he had two fumbles uh, at midfield. One was in field goal range, and the other was, uh, I can't remember, he had two re fumbles from his receivers where they were driving, and they were going in for points. And uh, as crazy as this is, I, I think when, in the second half anyway, Brady got stuff much easier than Aaron Rodgers did in that game. The Bucks aren't going anywhere. I, I'm not coming off this. They will be leading 
or one possession game in the fourth quarter of the divisional round to go back to the NFC title game. You can mark that down there going nowhere. Next. 15.9. Quarterback rating of 15.9 for Brian Hoyer. 15.9. Was the Bills lost to the Dolphins a real cause for concern for them or just an early season Miami thing? Just an early season thing. I mean, for that, they ran 90 plays on offense and scored 19 points. That's almost impossible. It's ne- it's never going to happen again. Plus, they have a, a ton of injuries on defense. They were missing both safeties. That was that was the the, the weakest version of the Bills that you're going to get this year. It's a cause for concern, and I'll tell you why. I said this after week one. They should have beaten the Rams by 30 points. They were sloppy. They were overly aggressive. They made mistakes that cost them points, but they're so damn good it didn't matter. And then the second game, they looked absolutely awesome. But then the Miami game, again, how many times did Josh Allen fumble in that game? Three or four times? He lost one of them, I think, but he, he fumbled, like, multiple times. Like, I, I just think that they're, they're so good, they're taking it for granted. they got to be careful. Well, and there's some real stats there about them in close games. They can't win close games. Even last year. Yeah. And, and I, I think... I, and I saw it again in this game. They they uh, they don't know how to win close games. Maybe they just don't know how to win. They're just really, really good. Yes, Jim, I'm sorry. And, they're like just, 0 for 8 and one, one score game. Something like that. And I say cause for concern. That Micah Hyde injury is huge, that they lost him for the year. They're pretty beat up mm-hmm. in the secondary, and some of these guys aren't coming back. Okay, next. The guy's a great player. He can do everything that a quarterback needs to do. He has such presence in the pocket. But, God, he's a hard guy to get. Oh. He's just so good. <laughs> okay, Bill, thank you. Sets it up perfectly. Rank the NFL quarterbacks, and I'm going to say since 1980. In, in our lifetime, the mm-hmm. 70s don't count. We were eight. Maz is a little older, but rank the NFL quarterbacks since 1980 and stop when you get to Aaron Rodgers. Brady, Montana, Manning, Marino, Elway, Rodgers. Brady, Montana, Elway, Manning, Favre. Rodgers. Oh, you go Favre over Rodgers. I do. I have six ahead of him. Brady, Montana, Elway, Manning, Aikman, Favre, then Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Uh, I go with winners. All right. But so Favre went to two Super Bowls. Rodgers went to one. Mm -hmm. You know how many times I I don't have the answer off the top of my head. Favre missed the playoffs a crap ton. Uh, I don't know if Rodgers has done it more than once. Oh, Aaron Rodgers is better than Brett Favre. He's just Rogers so is good. Rodgers is better than Favre. So take it from two guys who've watched every game from both. Yep. Uh, he's better than Favre. Uh, Marino, no. I know. I didn't have Marino Me there either. either. Me neither. I, 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 I don't care. I don't. I don't have Marino <laughs> ahead of uh, Aaron Rodgers. It's not Rogers. his fault Don Shula was a terrible GM. I put Aikman, question mark. I put Steve Young, question mark. I put Eli, question mark. Oh, no. Okay, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, question mark. You're going to question Favre and give me Eli? Eli's, what the hell is wrong with playoffs. you? Eli's more of a winner. Yeah. Ugh. Eli's more of a winner. Uh, Mahomes. Ooh. Oh, I thought about it. it. Yeah, I, yeah, I whiffed on that. I yeah. did. I whiffed. A little early, though. I, I can't put him on there. I think I might have Mahomes already ahead of him. I whiffed on him. I, Mahomes should be there. It's yeah. close. I whiffed. It's close, close, close. I whiffed. Next. You two are the Brian Hoyers of sports radio. <laughs> Toolbag question. Rank the NFL toolbag quarterbacks since 1980 and stop when you get to Aaron Rodgers. Who's been a bigger toolbag than Rodgers? Brett Favre, 
Aaron Rodgers. Nice team you got there, Mike. <laughs> You're missing a couple good ones, but go ahead. Marino, tool, tool, what? tool, Shut tool. Your mouth. Number one, biggest tool ever. Greatest. Marino. I had Rodgers second. To me, he's the number two tool, but I would like to honorary uh, mention of Matt Hasselbeck. I, wow. <laughs> that coin toss thing. We're going to take the ball and we're going to win. You tool bag. You're missing so many. Me too. I agree. Fat pervert Roethlisberger, Thank number you. one. Thank Brett you. Favre, Mike Vick, Dan Marino, Phil Rivers, then Aaron Rodgers. Oh, you're missing Ryan Leaf. Oh, oh yeah. Good one. another I, one, yeah. I, But, you know, but I mean, thank you. With the, like Todd Marinovich, Jeff George, I mean, guys who don't care about. But, uh, oh, Jeff George is a good one. No, Favre was a bigger tool bag. Favre's a freaking criminal. Literally. I, yeah. I, I mean, seriously. No, I mean, he's. he's no, he is. Yes. He, he is a literal fraud and a criminal fraud. Okay, so Favre is a bigger a hole. Roethlisberger's a bigger a hole. Okay, you say what you want about Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, to find, it's not a tool, though. He's not, you know. Rodgers, R- tool. Rodgers ain't going around showing his hog. Thank you. That we know of. Well, true. But anyway, he's not trapping women in bathrooms and assaulting them like Rod, like uh, Ben Roethlisberger is. No, Favre, criminal. Ben Roethlisberger, criminal. Marino, criminal asshat. Okay, he was a bigger tool bag than Aaron Rodgers. And then Leif Marinovich, you can go into that sort of. Jeff George is a good one. Mike Vick. Mike, Jay Cutler. Mike Vick. Oh, Jay Cutler. Oh, Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler. One. Cutler. Oh, thank you. As soon as you said Jeff George, it triggered the memory. Yeah. Two guys it? with great arms Jay and five Cutler. cent heads. Jay Cutler's on the list. So, no, so yeah, you actually got to you actually got to go down the list a little bit on all-time great tool bag quarterbacks before you get to Aaron Rodgers. But he's on the list somewhere. Okay. We, we just covered the whole tool department. Next. You get the same out of Brian Hoyer as you would Cam Newton, roughly speaking. Yeah, that's actually a true statement, Felger. Reports are that if Tampa KC needs to be moved this Sunday because of Hurricane Ian, they'll probably going somewhere in the Midwest. And I heard today, didn't the- we miss one? Yeah, he missed one. Four. Four. Name your favorite Packer of all time. Mark Tauscher. Right tackle when I covered the team. He was just <laughs> this little kid from a farm town, went to University of Wisconsin, and I did that to annoy Felder. You would pick <laughs> so complete Tausch loved and a so great, great guy. Annoying. Sterling Tausch. Sharp. Sterling Sharp. I loved Sterling Sharp. Maz's answer, Sterling Sharp. And if Terrell Davis gets into the Hall of Fame on a shortened career, Sterling Sharp should be there. The- Shannon Sharp's an a-hole. His brother was a good guy. Yeah, he was. A great player. But the greatest Packer, one of them all time, my favorite, the Minister of Defense himself, uh, Reggie White. You want to talk about a guy that people think it changed with Favre? No, it changed when they got Reggie White. That's when it really changed. Okay, now, next. When I saw Hoyer come in the game, I went, oh, my God. Again, reports are that Tampa KC might be moved to the Midwest because of the hurricane to the University of Minnesota Stadium, of all places, in oh. Minneapolis. But if it is going to be moved to a neutral site in the Midwest, where should it go? University of Michigan. Let Brady play at his old home stadium for the final time in his final season. Oh, I didn't even think. College. Oh, yeah, no, that's perfect. I went Dallas. <laughs> that's not the Midwest. That's really. not the Midwest. Well, see, so I didn't understand the question. What, what's not to understand? But where? What well, did it have to be in the Midwest? No, you need a right anywhere. It's Greg's answer. Michigan. Okay, I was going to say Notre Dame Stadium. Notre Dame would be good. Notre Dame, Michigan, the Big House. This is a big thing. I've talked about this before. Why football doesn't do some of these special neutral site games like they're doing in every other sport? I think it would be gangbusters if they played one NFL game a year in Michigan, Notre Dame, the Big House, the Rose Bowl. Rutgers. The, you know, uh, stop it with that. <laughs> but you know what I mean? These iconic, uh, Death Valley, uh, you know, these iconic college football stadiums. There's some cool venues out there. You'd get some great games. There's a 17th game. 
I my proposal is that every team's seventeenth game should be a neutral site special sort of occasion. Like such an easy money making idea. What are they thinking? Why are they not doing this? Should do it at BC. No, that's not on my list. Next. <laughs> I wouldn't sleep on Brian Hoyer. We saw the Giants throwback uniforms last night. Okay, of all the teams that will be wearing their old stuff or should be wearing their old stuff, what is your favorite throwback uni? The Giants was hard to top last night. That was awesome. Classic. But I, I love the Patriots. I love Pat the Patriot. I do. The red, awesome. You know who's old uniforms? I like the Falcons. Ugh. I love those. the red. Yes. yes. The red jersey. It's the only time it works. Oh, those were good uniforms. I loved those. And the helmet, those were good. 80s Kelly Green Eagles. They should wear those all the time. They're on my list. Okay, I I've got the old Seahawks. The old oh, Seahawks the 80s, uniforms yeah. were cool. I like they ruined them with the stupid. Well, whatever. I, I go old Seahawks. Okay, final one next. Ding. The guy's a great player. He can do everything that a quarterback needs to do. He has such presence in the pocket. But God, he's a hard guy to get. He's just so good. What an a hole. Seriously, when he's got Tom Brady at quarterback and he's you know panting. Over Aaron Rodgers. He's just so good. Okay, uh, with Brian Hoyer now under center, I ask, who is your favorite backup quarterback of all time? You can give me a Patriots guy or someone else, but if you have a favorite Patriot backup, who is it? Bubby Brister is my favorite backup quarterback of all time. I just loved – he was a competitor, loved him, always gave you a chance. sucked. He was all. He was thirty-seven and thirty-eight in his career. That's not bad for a backup quarterback. That's that's bad. I want to go last on this. Okay. And uh, Steve Grogan was my favorite patron. I just I love Grogan. I mean, it technically happened. Brady's both answers. Okay. Ooh. Well, that's not that's not in the spirit of the question. Grogan. Bobo. Grogan is more in the spirit of the question. That those years when we hated Tony Eason and Grogan is sitting there on the sidelines with the neck thing. It's like, oh my god, like that's the. But he's actually the perfect sort of backup. A guy comes in, gives you a spark. Maybe not a starter by that point, but that Grogan. Was the answer there? I also well, go ahead, Mess. Uh, Frank Reich or Don Strzok? Across Don Strzok is a good one. They were both. They were both excellent backup quarterbacks. Steve Bono would be a good one to throw in there too, or Bono. <laughs> uh, and for the Patriots, I would say uh, anybody but Zoe. <laughs> <laughs> Thus concludes ten questions. Pack your phones with the big boy right after this. You two are the Brian Hoyers of sports. He doesn't ask much of the audience. Okay, but play with me. Except to love him. The worst sign in New England sports is you. Mass. The quiet half of Felger and Mass. <laughs> On 98.5, the sports hub. Right back to your phones as promised. Max in the truck. What do you got for Greg Bedard? Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, so, Greg, why wasn't Kendrick Bourne playing? And why was little Jordan Humphrey getting more snaps? Then Kendrick Bourne. Okay, Max. Uh, thanks yes. for taking my call. So you've been holding. Uh, hopefully you were listening. And if you weren't listening out there, Max or anyone else, you want to listen to the 3 p.m. hour of our podcast, the second hour of our podcast, first segment, 3 o'clock. Bedard goes into a pretty detailed, dare I say, impassioned explanation of Lil Jordan Humphrey being on the field to exploit nickel defenses, running against smaller defenders, blah, blah, blah. He's not too high on it. Is any so little Jordan Humphrey, you know, getting more playing time than Kendrick Bourne? Is it more than just scheme? Do you think they're still holding Kendrick Bourne's offseason attitude against him? Yes, I think I think that is still part of it. I think it's also you know part of it that Devontae Parker never comes off the field because Matt Patricia found him and they're going to force feed it and they're going to make that work um, so that Patricia, the play caller, makes Patricia, the front office guy, look really good. And uh, so I think. 
Bourne's lack of playing time uh, factors into that for sure. I believe that from day one. Office politics. Devontae Parker is Matt Patricia's guy. And Kendrick Bourne pushed back in meetings against uh, some of the offensive install early in the offseason. And so that's why we're at where we're at. Uh, here's something I wanted to address. Judy and Dalton. Go ahead, Judy. Hi, this call is for um, Mr. Bedard. Um, I was wondering about putting in that Bailey Zapp instead of Brian Hoyer for Sunday's game. Okay, Judy, thank you for the call. Why not Zappy instead of Brian Hoyer? I have a thought after you go. Uh, Bailey Zappy is not good. He never demonstrated at all this summer that um, he's ready to take the reins of the the offense. Um, it's questionable on what his role is in the league. I think he's probably a career backup, in in my opinion. And, um, you know, if you think Mac Jones is short, he's shorter, uh, which is also an issue. But, I, you know, look, is he, is he a gamer? Will he make plays with his feet? Will he run around and pull some plays out of his rear end? Yeah, he'll do that, uh, probably more than Brian Hoyer does. But in terms of running a professional offense, he's not nearly ready yet. Fans would rather have this guy than Hoyer. No, no, a thousand times no. People love the unknown, though. They do. Okay, but they also, there's, and I, you know, it's not the craziest thing for you to say, and I think a lot of people feel this way. Well, the season's lost. They're not doing anything anyway. Let's see what the kids got. You drafted them. Maybe you find lightning in a bottle and give it a shot. I I am not in that, I am not in a season's over. Let's just dink around now. That's not what I'm doing. That's I have no interest in that, nor do they, and nor should they. I am, you know me, this is consistent. I am anti-tank in almost every situation. I am not tanking. I am try, I'm trying to make the playoffs is what I'm trying to do, and I'm trying to do it for the time being with Brian Hoyer. And not that Brian Hoyer is leading you to anything, but if you've still got a great coach, then your coach, he's going to coach it up. And I, this is not a prediction. This is like this is the path. He coaches it up. He manages it with a veteran quarterback against bad competition, and you stay afloat. And then you go on a run at the end of the year, and that's what I want. I do not want to mail it in and dink around with some rookie quarterback who's way too short even on his best day. No, sir. No way. Brian Hoyer all the way, baby. Yeah, I want Hoyer too. I'm telling you, though, I can't tell you how many fans have already said to me, why, why are we playing Zappy instead of Hoyer? I'm telling you, fans want Zappy. Okay, what well, you – I, I, I hope you don't get him. <laughs> Sorry, I hope you don't get him. Long commercial-free segment with Bedard and your calls right after this. There are many moments that make home sweet home. So when it's your time to find a home, get started at wellsfargo.com slash your time. Wells Fargo Home Mortgage is a division of Wells Fargo Bank, N.A., NMLSR, ID 399801, equal housing lender. The most popular afternoon radio show in Boston. I don't want to know what this means. Felger and Maz. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do know what you're talking about. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Like, what? I, I don't know what that is. 98.5, the sports hub. I wouldn't sleep on Brian Hoyer. You're a bum and you suck. Yes, you do, Brian Hoyer. I think they're going to be just fine with Brian Hoyer. Play fake to Burkett. Throw down the middle. Shoots all intercepted. Thornhill, the safety with his fourth interception. I wouldn't sleep on Brian Hoyer. Shotgun snap to Hoyer in the pocket. He looks to the middle. Now he looks like he's got to get away from Clark. Hoyer is sacked back at the 27-yard line. You couldn't have more horrendous sequence to end the half. As those two. I think they'll be fine. I think they got a shot in this game because I think Hoyer will make the plays they need him to make. Hoyer under pressure. Oh, He's hit from me. behind. The ball is loose, and the Chiefs have it. Kansas City comes away with a takeaway and another missed opportunity for the Patriots deep in Chiefs territory. In 
excusable. I wouldn't sleep on Brian Hoyer. I think they're going to be just fine with Brian Hoyer. No, they weren't because he sucks. And it's time for your blowing because you said that Bill would win 10 games with this stiff. It's really an all-time classic. And I'm telling you, it always comes back around. We can always, you can always reuse this stuff. There's very few bits that you do that. Just It just seems like inevitable that they all come back around. What was the one that we did? Oh, Carmelo in, Tony Maz out. Like, they all come back around. It's unbelievable. <laughs> they are the evergreen. Yes, they are. And so here we are back with Brian Hoyer. There is a statute of limitations for bad takes, as I've said a million times, that should not be held against me, nor Greg, or any of this. That was said over two years. The statute of limitations on bad takes is two years. We are past it. So... Just by a but, hair, though. By the way, that game, I was just looking back at the game book. Some of the starters in that game, Nikhil Harry, James Ference, Justin Haran, Ryan Izzo, Demir Bird, other guys making appearances, Isaiah Zuber on offense, um, Gunnar Olszewski. Man, Izzo, 0 and, for 3 in that game. And the Targets. Pats were in a position to compete in that game. Yes. Yeah, they were. If, they really were. If Hoyer didn't completely shart down the back of his pants, <laughs> they would have been in position. They would have been leading at half. Defensively, they did a good job on the Chiefs that night. <laughs> but anyway, so what's the expectation going forward? You know, the, the take they could win 10 games with Brian Hoyer. There were years in the last 20 where they would have won 10 games with Brian. If they won 11 with Matt Castle, they could have won 10 in some of those years. Sure. 10 games with Brian Hoyer. Like, that's sort of the point that I made at the time. But I did think, Brian Hoyer, I did, that he'd be a good caretaker for the offense. You know, just sort of a total system guy, do your job, don't make mistakes, and win on defense and coaching and running the ball and da-da-da. And it turns out he's not even that because he is a, you know, panic sandwich waiting to happen. He really does. He craps his pants <laughs> so, like nobody I've ever seen. But, Craig, what did you say earlier that he, in big moments, he rattles or something like that? I would hold... Now, talk about an understatement. He melts down. Oh, my God, does he ever. I mean, like into a puddle. That, that game, like the I was Wicked just, Witch of the West. I was just looking back at it. So Kansas City was leading 6-3. to three. Uh, Patriots had the ball. They get the ball with 536 at their own 35. They march down the field. They burn their three timeouts. So it's second and five at the KC9 with 33 seconds left. Pass short left to James White in play. Clock running now, third and nine, and Hoyer takes a sack and, and <laughs> for a thirteen-yard sack, and, and the the clock runs out. That I mean, was amazing, and they they had a chance for a double score. Oh yeah, you know because they got the ball to start the second half, and of course they went three and out. But yeah, like nothing I've ever seen. I mean, especially for a guy who's been in the league that long, he completely crapped his pants right there. It was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. It really was. It was incredible. Jared like, Stidham picked six in that game, too. To the It really reached to the point where it should now be a verb. He hoyered himself. That game was awesome. They should still be winning these games coming up. They should still be winning these games. Mm-hmm. Coach them up. Coach, coach them out of those situations. If you're, you know, look, this is why you have Belichick. He wins games when he, he can take his and beat yours. And yours and beat his. You know the expression. His and beat yours and yours and beat his. There you go. So let's see it. Mike and Ashwell, you agree with that? Yeah, but, well, first, backup quarterback, you got to go with Jeff Hostetler. But um, 
As far as the Pats go, I, I think you guys are misguided. You're overrating them. We used to think the coach gave them a big advantage, but uh, not so sure. It's- not so sure. I'm living in the past. It's true. Jason in the truck, what are your thoughts on Brian Hoyer? I said, Jason in the truck, what are your thoughts on Brian Hoyer? He's gone. Yeah, he didn't want, he didn't want to say it. Uh, how about, oh, here's a good one. Robin Waltham. Go ahead, Rob. Although I think Brian Hoyer blows, I do think he understands the offense better than Bubbles. And I'm curious to see the dynamic on the sideline, if he's teaching Matt or if Matt's teaching him. Okay. I'm just curious to see that. This is a good dynamic. And Bubbles is what Maz has affectionately called Matt Patricia. Bubbles. Now, <laughs> normally I would say the Patriots and the coaching staff are in a horrible position to bring in a backup quarterback because their offensive coaching is a disaster. Okay, The offensive coaches need coaching. Never mind them being you know, in a position to coach up a guy who's got no reps and a backup quarterback. So normally I would say horrible spot. But I think this is where it's good that it's Hoyer. He's so damn experienced and has been around so much in this system and others that the inexperience and buffoonery of Patricia and Judge is kind of mitigated. In that regard, I think he, thank God they have Brian Hoyer. I know that sounds silly, but if they were if they were turning it over to Zappy. And Patricia and Judge, now you are looking at a top five pick. Now you're looking at an absolute disaster. At least they have someone who knows what he's doing or knows what he should be doing, in other words. <laughs> at least until the pressure is Right. Up. You know, on paper, he knows what he should be doing, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know what's going to happen out there. I mean, it, it was one thing with, you know, Brian Hoyer with Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick, but now Brian Hoyer with Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. I have no idea what we're going to see. Like, I wonder, though, I say this in, in, in all seriousness, could it be the kind of thing where when something happens on the field with Jones, he gets, no, 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 and then they call the same thing with Hoyer, and he goes, this is what's been happening? Like, this is the kind of crap you've been doing? Now, Hoyer knows better than anybody. I see him on the sideline. He's got his helmet on, so he hears all the calls. He knows exactly. He's involved with a lot of the meetings. Uh, he's doing a lot of Mac consulting during the game, sort of, you know, keeping him on the reservation. He he does a lot of work in the games with Mac. Any shot this week in Green Bay? I think they do. I, I'm not impressed with the Packers. I'm not. They're not scoring. Yeah, the Packers aren't scoring, but this is this is the first real test for this offense. Like, you know, the Dolphins, you know, they're they're fine. They're talented. They're not they don't have everybody. Steelers are okay. Defensively. Uh, defensively. Now. The Ravens are terrible. Like the Packers, I don't know what their injury situation is. I, I haven't seen them yet this yeah, year. Alexander got hurt in the last. Jair Alexander got hurt early in Tampa. I don't know what his okay. situation is. They have injuries. They're overrated. They're not well coached. But go ahead, Greg. On defense, they're sensational. They're, I mean, they have players at all three levels. They're they should they should shut down the Patriots. I mean, it's it should be a very low scoring game if they're gonna if they have a chance to win this game. I'm not sure the Pats can get into double digits in this game. I'm worried about that. Packers are gonna kill them. Packers defense overrated. The the line that I saw the I think it's like the, ten. Ten and a half. Ay, yeah, yeah. When's the last time? That's a good one. Okay. Nerd call. Stat man call. Something. The better man call. G- gambler. When's the last time the Pats were a ten and a half point dog? It, you know what? Can, can I guess? Super Bowl thirty six against the Rams. Maybe. What was it? I think fourteen. Fourteen. Okay. Have they been a double digit dog since then? I don't think so. I mean, in 09, they weren't good, but to the point where they were 10. No, definitely not 09. No, maybe no, no, not 09. 08 with Castle, you mean. I meant 02. 
is the year that I meant. I meant 2 I don't know what I just said. 2 the next year, they were 9-7. and seven. They weren't so great, but to the point where they were over 10-point dog. When's the last time? I mean, in the NFL, that is huge. No, that's usually reserved for the crap of the crap. That's huge, and I don't even think they were a 10-point dog with Cam Newton. I'd definitely take the points. Not me. I would definitely take the points. I'm laying the lumber this week. What were they last year in uh, Buffalo for the playoff game? Mm. I mean, that's that's a candidate. Yeah. You tell me. I mean, I'm sure we'll get the answer. Stu, has anyone? Uh, Ten and a half against the Chiefs, the Brian Hoyer game. Oh, is that what it was? Ten and a half? That might be. That's what we think back here. Oh, you're guessing. Okay. I mean, we'll get the real number. Anyway, thanks for coming in, big boy. Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks, Greg. Gregoire. Catch you next Tuesday. Are you headed back to uh, God's country next week? Going I am. I'm making my triumphant return okay. to Green Bay. All right. Grab a grab some sausage for us there, oh, would, yeah. would you please? Go back. So to speak. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, speaking of which, uh, let's get to the Celtics and Ime Adoka, shall we? Uh, we, we do have some follow-up thoughts on yesterday's media day and that whole situation. Just a quick Celtics minute. We'll mix it in with your Patriots calls, uh, and we'll do that right after Murray's 90-second update. No commercial. This Sports Up On Demand content is sponsored by Coors Light. Chill on with game day greats when you grab an ice-cold Coors Light and watch the football game this week at Hooters in Dedham, Saugus, Shrewsbury, or West Springfield. Hooters makes you happy this football season. Chill on. Chill on.